I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Warning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. I have a crazy, 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 crazy show for you today. We've got a lot to get to. Um, I, I, so we've been talking a lot about, uh, what 2024 will look like. Most people that are paying attention and have their ear to the ground acknowledge that something is going to happen. There's going to be some sort of, of event. It's not going to fall within what a traditional October surprise looks like. I mean, I think we all know and acknowledge by now that, that the Democrats, um, clearly leveraged COVID to their benefit at not just uh, for election day at the ballot box, but they also, they also leveraged COVID uh, to, and weaponized it to hurt president Trump. So I think we all know that now seeing, seeing people talk about this on, you know, social media on, on X today and uh, potential false flag operations. Right. Um, and actually Bongino is calling it a black swan event. I don't know that I'd go that far, but I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we could see an assassination attempt on president Trump. My God, I hope that that doesn't happen. But if we acknowledge that all the things that the deep state and the Democrats have done along with their Democrat, the Democrat cabal is what I call them in, in the title of this episode, but all the things that they've done have simply not worked. And they've gone to historic lengths to try to take out President Trump politically, try to destroy his business, try to destroy his legacy. None of that has has worked. So what's the next natural step? Well, uh, an assassination attempt. God forbid. I hope to hell that doesn't happen. But look, even people like, you know, Dan Bongino, Tucker Carlson, they've all said that that they are afraid of this as well. And Dan Bongino, for those of you all that don't know, uh, Dan uh, not only is he a great human being, but but he is he was a former Secret Service agent. So uh, I would also look out for uh, false flag attacks uh, and then the, our government blaming blaming Russia. Uh, and here's the deal, folks. They already tried to do this. Do you remember the uh, Russia? Uh, the Russia's going to destroy nuclear power plants in Ukraine. And by doing that, they'll draw NATO into the the. the 
uh, NATO into a fight and the UN will have to get involved. And if they get involved, then then America might have to send troops on the ground. All of the like what they fail to mention is that Russia controlled those nuclear power plants. And it makes no tactical sense whatsoever for Russia to attack their own power plants that they control, especially when the east uh, when the when the wind blows to the east. There's no way in hell Putin and Russia would irradiate their own country. So it, it simply didn't make sense. I would argue what what Republicans and Democrats in, in Congress, probably with the help of the intelligence community, were doing was trying to create a false flag effect, false flag to drag us further into conflict. Well, how about a nationwide cyber attack? We've addressed that at length for this last week on this show, or maybe even a new pandemic. Um, I don't know. I mean, you have even people like Lindsey Graham, you know, nice guy, but my foreign policy views could not be more different than than his. Even he's out there saying that, that it, it actually, actually warning about a new 9-11 style attack. So, Something's coming. I don't know what it is, but what but but regardless, you all should be prepared. Keep your ear to the ground, keep your head on a swivel, keep yourself, keep your family safe. Um, so much has been happening over the last couple of days. Uh, let me just say while while folks are getting logged on here, uh, first of all, the live chat was awesome leading into the show. Um, but but make sure you like and rumble uh, this video. Like this video. It's that little green thumb beneath where I'm up here flailing around and talking. Uh, subscribe to this channel. Tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to this channel. Uh, the more we grow, the more advertisers we get. The more advertisers we get, the better quality show we can put on for folks like you. And I've been talking about potentially expanding the show, going a little bit longer. I've been drawing up plans to actually build a studio. So I'm right here in the middle of the basement where, you know, I've got five kids in this house and they're all kind of crazy and they run around like crazy people. And I'm like right in the middle of the basement. And sometimes like you don't see it on camera, but there's just chaos all around me. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually drawing up plans to build a studio in a room uh, in my house. So all of that helps. So like and rumble, uh, rumble notices that stuff. Tell your tell your friends, tell your family to subscribe to Battleground Live. This is a show for you. It always will be. Um, and also just want to thank Deepwell Services and Cabot Guns. They're the two founding sponsors of this program. This show would not be possible without them. They're a great, just two great American companies. Uh, the, again, like I can't say enough about them. They're hiring. Go to their website, deepwellservices.com. If you're looking for a job, family, friend, looking for a job. Same thing uh, with Cabot Guns. Now, Cabot Guns makes the best 1911 pistols in the world, uh, all made in America. And just just a marvel of, of American engineering. But okay, so with all that out of the way, lots going on with Hunter Biden. Okay, um, I, I I just think it's fascinating, and I want to just kind of jump right into it. Hunter Biden gave his press conference on the Senate side of Capitol Hill, just outside the Capitol yesterday, and a lot of people were kind of like making fun of Hunter Biden and saying, "Oh my gosh, this idiot didn't even show up on the House side. He's in the wrong place. Like, what's he doing? He's just like his dad. What a total mouth breather." Well, the truth is, actually, he showed up on the Senate side in what was a is a very purposeful, deliberate act. Had Hunter Biden given that press conference on the House of Representatives side of the U.S. Capitol, the House Sergeant of Arms could have accosted him and dragged him in uh, to testify under oath in a deposition. Hunter Biden made the choice that he did to appear on the Senate side to avoid all of that. And there's, again, a great legal scholar that I talked to you all about 
Uh, yesterday, his name's Jonathan Turley. He, he's a conservative guy. He's not as conservative as me or probably any of you, but I really think that his legal punditry is really, really good. He's, 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 he really knows what he's talking about. But what he was talking about is that not only is there should Republicans it, it does is Hunter Biden at risk for being held in, in contempt, and Republicans certainly should hold him in contempt. But if, the, the real question about is he going to receive the Bannon treatment? I, I talked about this yesterday, and in fact, many pundits today were talking about that. Well, look at how they treated Bannon, and then I started thinking into that a little bit deeper. Hunter Biden's not Steve Bannon. There's a very, very distinct difference between those two people. Steve Bannon believed, along with Peter Navarro, that they were protected by what's called presidential immunity. And uh, the reason for that is because they both worked for the president of the United States in the White House as federal employees and would therefore be protected. Well, the truth is, is that they, they had an actual legal basis for making a decision in the way that they did. Now, they were still charged immediately. Uh, they had handcuffs strapped on them immediately. Peter Navarro, I think they dra- the FBI dragged off of a plane in, in shackles, for God's sake. Um, so, But they had a reason, is my point. Hunter Biden's not a, a federal employee. Hunter Biden would have no legal argument or no legal basis to be protected by presidential immunity. He's just the president's son. He just blew off a congressional subpoena by not just one congressional subpoena, but two, one from the House Judiciary Committee and one from the House Oversight Committee. Blew off two. Uh, and so, but more, more, more than just that, I think there's a, a new wrinkle to this that I think just puts Hunter Biden, not just Hunter Biden, but his dad, Joe Biden, in, I, I mean, it puts him in a really, really tough spot because what it looks to what it looks like happened was that hunter clearly colluded with his father about what he was going to say in that press conference which means that joe biden then used white house resources to help his son craft a story and then pushed white house staffers to help spin that story for him which means that the president there's one, one of four different bases that a president can be impeached, but obstruction of justice is one of those things. So now was Joe Biden involved in in helping his son obstruct justice by avoiding the subpoena? Clearly, Joe Biden knew that Hunter Biden was not going to honor the subpoena from the House Republicans. Joe Biden knew ahead of time that Hunter Biden was not going to appear. So does that mean that he is partially responsible? Did Joe Biden have anything to do with that decision? Well, Jonathan Turley says that now not only can Hunter Biden be charged, arrested, potentially even indicted, now this whole line of questioning uh, is available to the House of Representatives when they finally get Hunter Biden in in front of them or when House Republicans move on to an actual impeachment of Joe Biden, that they can ask about those questions. Like, hey, Joe, did you know that Hunter was not going to appear? And if you did, did you tell him? And so Jonathan Turley, uh, I'll just read you what he says. Uh, There's another possible cost to this move of Hunter Biden not honoring the subpoena. Fox News quoted White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who is, uh, you know, basically a diversity hire. She's the worst White House Press Secretary in the history of our country. But White House Press Secretary KJP saying that President Biden was certainly familiar, and this is a direct quote, certainly familiar 
with what his son was going to say, which suggests that the president spoke with his son before his act of contempt and discussed his statement. If that is true, it was a breathtaking mistake. One of the four most obvious potential articles of impeachment that I laid out in my prior testimony was obstruction. Again, Jonathan Turley, uh, he testified in front of Congress on this issue. Uh, there are already there already are questions over special treatment potentially being given to Hunter in the form of alleged felonies being allowed to expire warnings about planned federal raids and sweetheart deals. In addition, President Biden has enlisted White House staff to actively push challenged accounts of his conduct and attack House Republicans investigative process. Such acts could legally bootstrap prior misconduct into his presidency under abuse of power allegations. If this latest allegation is true, the president was speaking with his son about committing a potentially criminal act of contempt. Hunter was refusing to give testimony focused not on his, his own role, but on his father's potential role in the alleged influence peddling. The House can pursue evidence on that conversation and how the president may have supported his son's effort. Folks, this is a big deal. And I think the House of Re House Republicans are going to move on this, especially given that they just formalized an impeachment inquiry, which I think is a good thing. They're moving the ball down the field a little bit in the House. And I like to see that. Um, I want to show uh, as I, uh, you know, because there was a poll that came out today that showed um, that showed President Trump just absolutely crushing it in all seven swing states. Um, Absolutely, absolutely crushing it. And the usual suspects, of course, we all know that the media and the Democrats are out there calling Trump. I mean, I played a supercut just yesterday of how the media was out there. Oh, Trump's a dictator. Trump's basically Hitler. He's not going to leave office. All this histrionic bullshit that's spewed by these crazy conspiracy theorists, shit lib, shit libs in the media and actual elected officials out there talking about Trump being a dictator. But but the crazy thing about it is that it wasn't just it wasn't just the usual suspects. It was some Republicans as well. And I'm not even talking about I'm not even talking about people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. I'm talking about former speakers of the House like uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, I, I want to show you I want to show you this video of him just today. Again, nothing drives me more crazy than useful idiot Republicans who play a role for the media who would discard them in a second. They, they, the Democrats use these morons, these useful idiot Republicans to bash other Republicans to give credibility to whatever conspiracy theory they're forcing down our throats. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of it. And people like Paul Ryan at this point in time in our country should know better. Go ahead and check this out. Historically speaking, all of his tendencies are, you know, basically where narcissism takes him, which is whatever makes him popular, makes him feel good at any given moment. And he and he doesn't think in in, in classical liberal conservative terms. He thinks in, in an authoritarian way. And he's been able to get a, a, a big chunk of the Republican base to follow him because, you know, he's the cultural. So I'm I'm a member of that Republican base. I I love and appreciate President Trump. Uh, I appreciate him because at any given moment throughout the day, he has Democrats and Republicans attacking him. That's exactly why we sent him to the White House in 2016. A big F you to Washington. 
I am tired of business as usual. I am tired of Republicans being a speed bump, just managing the decline of this country. And I'm tired of the Democrats pulling it down brick by brick, using their lapdogs in the media to force conspiracy theories that they can concoct at our intelligence communities and force on the rest of us. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of this argument that President Trump is somehow, somehow a narcissist. The reality is, and I want any of you're going to hear this as we move into 2024 a lot. You hear people, oh, Trump's a narcissist. Yeah, okay, look, uh, here's the deal with Trump. He's a billionaire that never had to run for president. He is doing what he's doing because he loves the country. That dude could have coasted in to retirement for the rest of his life, laying on the beach with Melania Trump, living a life of luxury with gold-plated everything. He's not doing that. He gave all that up for this country because he saw Republicans and Democrats screwing us all over what we all know as the uniparty. And he said, I'm not, can't tolerate this anymore. America is a great country and I'm going to try to save it. And how did that uniparty thank President Trump? They're trying to throw that guy in jail for the rest of his life. They're trying to co-opt and take and steal the government. And New York is trying to steal his business. Seriously. They're trying to bankrupt his business, uh, a legacy that he built throughout the course of his life. They're trying to destroy his family, his sons, his daughter, his grandchildren. They're trying to throw this guy in jail. They're trying to kick him off the ballot. Why? Because President Trump has beliefs that differ from that of the uniparty, beliefs that might take power away from them and invest it back into the people? Aren't you all tired of this cabal? As Cash Patel has a book out, it's called Government Gangsters. Aren't you tired of these government gangsters? They're destroying our country. So anytime, anytime you hear any mouth breather out there talking about Trump as a narcissist that cares only about himself. Like, cite what I just, this guy is sacrificing everything to save this country. That is not the hallmark of an authoritarian narcissist. And oh, by the way, Paul Ryan, we already know what four years under Trump was like. He was not an authoritarian, even though the election was stolen from him. Yes, it was rigged. It was stolen. If you're a shit lib that reads Time Magazine, call it fortified, call it whatever you want. But anybody that can think for your think for yourself and look at a fact pattern and say things aren't making sense knows that that election was not on the up and up. Even despite all of that, one hoax after the next trotted out against the guy. Two phony impeachments. J- January sixth committee that was a complete and total joke, weaponized by Pelosi, appointed two useful idiots to the to the committee that provided zero dissenting voices. It was all a circus, banana republic bullshit, put put on by a disgraceful media to try to destroy this man. Even despite all of that, Trump still left office. And not only did he leave office, he's back in the fray. So I'm sorry to tell you this. I I, I talk about this kind of stuff often, but it pisses me off till no end to see people like Paul Ryan, a Republican, a former Speaker of the House of, of Representatives, like going out there and attacking Donald Trump. It's like, 
it does, it doesn't surprise me after seeing that bullshit that that for two years of 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 the first two years of Trump in office accomplished very little because you had ass clowns like Paul Ryan out there trying to stifle his agenda at every turn. You want to know why the wall didn't get built? Because people like Paul Ryan stood in the way. Oh, but hey, we can give hundreds billions, over a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine so that they can protect their border. Huh? That makes sense. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the American people are sick of it. This kind of stuff makes me so mad. I mean, as you can probably tell, uh, Commander Melanie, of course, if you're new to the show, she's she's my amazing wife. Um, she's like, well, you were kind of chill yesterday. I'm like, well, that's a change of pace. I'm going to have to change that this show and get fired up. I got I get fan mail from people from some <laughs> say, I feel like you're going to you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack on the show because I get so fired up. But it's it's really what I believe, folks. I'm not making this up. I, I'm scared for the future of this country and how Republicans and Democrats are conducting themselves in office really upset me. And I see President Trump as somebody who wants to genuinely fix the issue and make the situation better. And by the way, not just for me, but for my kids, you know, it's part of our job, our duty, our, our obligation, our responsibility to leave a country that is better than the one that we inherited to our children. And it seems to me that President Trump is the only one out there trying to do that. And the fact that the system is 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 trying to tear him down at every turn, boy, is that an indictment of our system and where we are as a country. It it just makes me sad. And all the usual suspects are out. You know, you would think there's more evidence against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden being the corrupt, flaming pile of garbage that he is. There's more evidence against the Biden family crime syndicate than than most actual criminals and mobsters, yet the media is out there shamelessly covering for them. Why? I don't even know. I mean, I don't even think they know. Because if the Democrats actually got what they want, and that is an authoritarian state where they control the narrative in the media, I mean, what are they? these people just going to be lapdogs for the rest of their lives? I don't know. I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe that's what they want. But I saw this clip on The View and now, listen, these people, these people on The View, these women on The View, I mean, I'm telling you, you it's dangerous watching them because you can spend a good 10 minutes watching these 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 people and, and you will be dumber at the end of it. Your IQ will go down. So I watched this stuff for you so you don't, so you can keep your IQ intact, which actually is kind of a catch-22 for me because how long can I hold out watching their bullshit and still do a show effectively? Um, but I'm telling you, th these these people were out there on these on these leftist media outlets, you know, even though there is volumes and there, there's volumes of evidence against Hunter Biden. I mean, more evidence than we have against most criminals. And yet these shameless losers are out there covering for him. Check this out. Loving father. Yeah. Very good father. Very supportive father. Look. Did Hunter Biden influence pedal on his last name? Yes, he did. So did half of Washington. People sitting at this table did it. Did Joe, uh, did Hunter Biden, did Hunter Biden, uh, did Hunter Biden cheat on his taxes? Yes, he did. So have I actually who at this table peddled on their last name? I did. I'm not talking about currently. Oh. Uh, oh. We just wanted to clear our names. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, do I have a claim to fame that I am not easy? Sorry, continue. Can I, can I yeah. go back? 
back to my point, please? Yes, now that, yes. Now that, well, you guys now that we've cleared it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It took First a while. Today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did he use his last name to make money? To mo- did he monetize on Joe Biden's last name? Yes, he did. That's not a crime. Did Hunter Biden cheat on his taxes? Yes, he did. So he has admitted it. He paid it back. Paid back. He paid it back with $600,000 penalty. 15% of Americans cheat on their taxes. Say that again. 15.5% of Americans cheat on their taxes. And you know how many get prosecuted? Less than one. Talk about the one who used to run the country, (laughs) who cheated on his taxes, who didn't pay his taxes. And I absolutely (laughs) about it. I agree. I agree. And 32% of Americans have people in their family who have dealt with addiction. Yeah. Hunter Biden is an addict. I've had it in my family. It is a constant suffering for the family. And you are always afraid, even when they've left addiction, that anything can trigger them and get them back in there. And I agree with Hunter Biden that that's what they're trying to do. They are trying to get Hunter Biden to go back into addiction because they know that will paralyze Joe Biden because that is his father, a man who's already lost two children. And I think this is going to backfire. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to listen to them. It's it's they're arguing that Hunter Biden is an addict, that 42% of American families have someone who's an addict, which by the way is of course Hunter Biden's plan to manipulate those people into thinking he's some sort of victim. The reality is he's a tax cheat. <laughs> like he didn't even report his taxes when he was taking tens of millions of dollars from countries who hate us. Who, do, who who would love to see the United States of America toppled. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that these people carry water for these idiots. I mean, why? It makes no sense to me. And then and then to go on to say that, that Republicans just want to see Hunter Biden addicted to drugs again? I, it's just completely, it's, 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 it should be criminal what they're saying. They're just so intellectually stupid, but not everybody is, is buying it. I think people are starting to wake up and not just political folks like me and, and you all. Uh, uh, it's like, and this, this truthfully is what we need to see happen uh, a thousand times over in this country. It's just normal, everyday people and, and athletes, celebrities start waking up and speaking out against the left's authoritarian leanings because that's it. it Let's just call it what it is, folks. The, the left likes to say that re, that Republicans are authoritarian, that we're fascist. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, think about the golden rule, right? Anything the left accuses the right of, they themselves are guilty of. It's a classic, classic projection, and the left uses it to great effect. But the reality is, is that we need more athletes speaking out against these leftists who have enjoyed freedom of the of maneuver on the communications battlefield for too long, right? I mean, what I mean by that is you have it like if you're Tim Tebow and you're out there on a football field and you're praying, you get no attention, you get attacked by the media, you don't even get any media attention, right? But if you're LeBron James and you're out there praising the communist Chinese or you're not speaking out against their human rights abuses, you're allowed to say that stuff and nobody attacks you. And conservatives don't rise up against it because they they themselves or people who have actual power brands, public brands, power to say something, they don't say anything because they don't want to lose endorsement deals. See what I'm saying? That's what I mean about freedom of maneuver on the communications battlefield. The left can say whatever the hell they want, and there are never any consequences for it. But if a conservative stands up and says, actually, you're a fascist loser, 
praising the communist Chinese who put people in concentration camps. Like maybe America should reject you. Maybe you should lose those endorsement deals. I mean, and if more conservatives who had brands stood up and spoke out against that stuff, maybe the left wouldn't be so aggressive with their statements. Maybe they would lose some of those endorsement deals. And I just saw this video of Kobe, Colby Covington, um, who's a UFC fighter, go after LeBron James. And it's just, it just, caught my attention for a lot of different reasons, but we need more people like Colby Covington. And be forewarned, if you've got kids listening, okay, make sure you go earmuffs because there is some, I mean, he does drop some F-bombs during this and does swear. And if you've got kids around, I want them to hear it. Um, but go ahead and roll this tape. Watch Kobe Co- Colby Covington destroy LeBron James here. It's it's a thing of beauty. You hate America so much and, and you don't like this country that gave you a billion dollars, leave it or come deal with me. You go to China, go to go to these sweatshops that you employ all these laborers and use these women and pay them pennies on the dollar to make your millions. Fuck you, LeDrom James. You're a coward. You're a spineless coward. And you're a bitch. <laughs> I don't got to say the swearing. I, I, I don't mind it. In fact, there was a there was a psychological study. I can't find I mean, I can't find it here on the air, but there was a psychological study done that says that people who swear more are more honest and more authentic and more trustworthy. Well, that's good for me because I am a knuckle dragging former infantryman and I tend to swear a lot, not as a, not just as an accent word, not out of anger, just as an accent to describe the things that I'm talking about. Well, Colby Covington, I don't mind it. Got to go after these people who are trying to destroy our country. We talked about, uh, I'm going to shift gears here pretty quickly through some stuff because I got so much to talk about. Um, I need a longer show. Um, Donald Trump is absolutely crushing it, winning across all seven swing states. The Democrats believe that's a five alarm fire. If there was anybody else, right, that is second in the chain of command other than cackling Kamala Harris, believe me when I tell you the Democrats would have kicked Joe Biden to the curb three months ago, but there's not. And somehow Kamala, every time she opens her mouth, she is she is she's a disaster. And somehow she is less popular than Joe Biden. And, and, and Melanie and I joke often about candidates who have the problem of of the harder they campaign and the more they're in front of people. In, in other words, the harder they work, the less popular they become. And and this has kind of been, I don't like to attack people because I do think Ron DeSantis has been the best governor, one of the best governors in America at a time when he, we needed him to be. But the issue that Ron DeSantis has had outside of Florida, people who aren't necessarily exposed to him all the time and things that he's done in Florida, um, he's just, the harder he works, the more people see him, the more people see that he's awkward. Maybe he's not great. He's not a great retail campaigner. Harder he works, the less popular he gets. And Kamala Harris has a similar issue, and she had this new word salad out today, and I don't know what the hell she was talking about, and I don't think the rest of the world does either. Go ahead and check this out. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened but just limited to what we have seen. What? What? (laughs) That makes no sense. You remember when, when Trump did an interview and said that with Tucker and he was like, Kamala Harris, she speaks, she sings, she speaks in rhymes. She speaks. That's what he's talking about. Like she, it's amazing to me that someone can reach 
that level of power and authority, vice president speaking like that, isn't it kind of crazy? Uh, she can't even, you know, you, Joe Biden can't articulate a message because he's 100 years old. As I say, like they dip the guy in the Lazarus pit every day and every day the Lazarus pit gets less and less effective, works less. And so every day Biden comes out of that even less functional somehow than he was the day before. But Kamala Harris somehow is worse and she does not have the excuse of just being old and decrepit. I'm speaking of speaking of uh like Biden being weird. I saw this. I, I'm trying to mix up the stuff that I talk about and move through stuff faster because I, I don't want to. I want to keep the show interesting. I don't want to always talk about this, the same stuff. But Biden, there's this video of Biden that I saw of him walking across the White House lawn. Oh, there it is. Thanks, Brock. Watch him walk here. Look at this. That is not the gate of a human being. That is so, I'm sorry. Look, that is so weird. Brock, play, can you play that again? Just, I want you to really focus on his gait. Like, can we re, can we, here, bring it back. Can we bring it back? Like, watch him walk across. Watch his feet. He doesn't actually bend. His shoulders don't move. His, his head's straight forward. There's no bob. He just kind of walks across the lawn as if he's not a human being. Or like some sort of weird hologram. I'm telling you, folks. That's weird to me. Well, I saw this video of this robot at Elon Musk's Tesla plant, this Optimus robot. Tell me if you notice any similarities between this robot and what you just saw of Joe Biden walking across. <laughs> that thing walks just like Joe Biden. If you threw a suit, and some white hair on that thing, I bet you that, right? Call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but <laughs> the White House staff dressing an Optimus robot up like Joe Biden, and and when when they, when they don't, they just want Joe Biden to walk from the White House to the helicopter to just send this Optimus robot out to just <laughs> no expression, right? It's kind of crazy. Um, okay, let's move right along. <laughs> so, I thought maybe I thought I thought that was funny. Maybe I don't know if you all do. Maybe it was the dumbest thing in the world. Let me know in the let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the live chat. Oh, you have Esky. Poor old Biden. They've drugged him to the point of being a robot. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Like, and here's Ollie. Sean, he is concentrating on every step. And that that's true. But he doesn't even turn his head, Ollie. He's just like straight ahead. You know, like like you would power down at any moment. Um, oh, yeah. So look, box noggin saying my son says it's all CGI in this day and age. I mean, with all the deep fakes out there, you I mean, could be we could be right. Um, OK, so I got to move on to the next thing. It's five thirty three. Oh, my gosh. I only got 30 minutes left here. Um, there's a fascinating exchange between Vivek. Uh, Ramaswamy on on sixty uh, on, on CNN yesterday in this town hall that he did, um, and it was a discussion. They get into a lot of different things, and during that town hall, and as usual, I, I just think Vivek did a, a great job of articulating himself, and not only that, explaining or at least trying to explain why he believed the things that he did, so the, the things that he does. I mean, so many politicians in this day and age are just fed talking points and they just regurgitate those talking points. And there's very little substance to whatever talking points they're using. 
But Vivek is clearly somebody who's well thought out that that understands or at least can explain why he believes the things that he does. And by the way, it's critically important to voters being able to explain them in an easy to understand way in 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds or, or less about why why they believe why a politician believes what they do. And now I, I, all cards on the table. I, I mean, Vivek does not have a whole heck of a lot of conservative bona fides. I don't necessarily I don't trust him yet. You know, he hasn't necessarily proven himself to me, just like Elon Musk. Um, so look, right. But like we can evaluate things at face value on this show and give credit where credit's due. And I mean, this is this is a five minute segment and I'll stop it a couple of times and discuss it with you all. But this segment, let me set it up. It's Vivek debating. Right. He's in a town hall, but he's debating a, a CNN journalist. And I use that in quotes because. She doesn't let him do a whole lot of talking. She asks questions. She's asking. She's asking questions, but not letting him answer. And it will just drive you crazy. Go ahead and check this out. To describe what happened on January 6th. The next day, Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby. And I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6th was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19. True, true, true. About the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. Absolutely true. He's you can go straight right. down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful. Robinson, if, if I may finish just answering, well, let me just. Is, is really I, I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because you're saying that there were. You're saying that there were federal agents. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. You, you hear the, cloud, the, the crowd clapping because they want to hear his answer. On January 6th, yep. there is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January 6th. So, so right, why before Congress? Right there. We, okay, there's. You see what she does there? This drives me insane there's no there's no evidence what does that remind you of people it reminds you of oh there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud no evidence and you hear this all the time in print media on television media there's no evidence simply no evidence oh trump's conspiracy theories about widespread voter fraud are false there's no evidence no evidence no evidence it's complete bullshit. Let me tell you how this stuff goes down. I, having run a campaign myself several times, especially during 2020 when they stole the election. I mean, I saw things that were against the law. This isn't just me being a, a crazy person. I saw what they did firsthand. Okay. I give that stuff to the media. 
The media takes what I give them. They turn around and ask the government. The government turns around and gives them an answer. And basically their answer is, no, everything was fine. There's no evidence of, of what Mr. Parnell is saying. And then the media repeats, well, there's no evidence. Well, just because the government says there's no evidence does not mean there's no evidence. It's, it's a, the job of a journalist to speak truth to power. That's why they exist, to hold Democrats, Republicans, politicians in general accountable. That does not work when journalists just parrot propaganda and don't ask questions. Whatever happened to investigative journalists? I mean, they're, they're truly a dying breed. There are still some really good ones out there, but they're not given a platform. Oftentimes at these networks, journalists who ask questions are fired and they end up going independent. Cheryl Atkinson is a prime example of, of somebody that that happened to. She's a great investigative journalist. She's independent now. But that's, you see my point, like there's just no evidence. Let's keep, keep going with it when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so We've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is there any may evidence? I, may, I, may I just, may I just there, finish let me, this well, and let me, come back let me, question Well, me, let me clarify. I know it's very right, uncomfortable. I'm going to clarify. Let the man finish. You asked him a question. Let him finish. But this is the point, people. This is the point. This anchor, I can't remember his name, or can't remember her name, um, but th she refuses to allow any critical thinking. She is not defending the the truth. Anybody that watched January six, no, you don't have you don't have to be a tactical expert to know what I'm about to say. But everybody knows that there were federal agents in that crowd. Everybody knows that there are professional agitators in that crowd. I believe that they were there. That that I believe that they were there to to rile that crowd up so that the Democrats and the media could try to use January 6th to destroy Trump's legacy. It didn't work, uh, but that's certainly what they were trying to do. But there, th no discussion of that, right? Just defense of the narrative at all cost. Go ahead and keep going. I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but you, we have to do the truth. Here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand oh, what I'm asking. Oh, I, I understand this deeply. And I told you, I was where with you four years the, ago. I'm where not is now. the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so an inside I, job, but no, no, I'm going to inside job because I'm not going to I'm not violence respect, on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my talk. mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth, and I'm going to tell you what what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved in planning or executing okay. January 6th. So I'm going to give, you, I'm gonna give you hard facts. And, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable, but we're going we're, we're gonna to go through this and you can, and you can, you can push Just back on it. The evidence. And you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Just stick to the evidence. Why did they suppress job to footage find the evidence. of now what's been released, 200 hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd? You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in, again, right through the front the vast door. majority I mean, of that footage evidence should have been released shows, before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority been of the before. footage shows and my police officers right, being over. Okay, the vast majority of footage shows police officers being overrun. I would remind this CNN anchor that there were people who died that day. They were all mostly peaceful protesters. Ashley Babbitt was one of those people. She was murdered, shot in the neck by a Capitol Hill police officer, was murdered. 
It, it like and and most of the video that was released that day was deliberately cherry picked by the government and the January 6th committee to shape public sentiment. They're going to get into that in a second. Keep going. And I want to talk about one more case. This is really important. Writers. That's yeah, I'm going to give you hard. I'm going to give you some hard facts. So what? Here's what entrapment is. Cherry pick. Here's, I'm not cherry picking. You if cannot, I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To, to the contrary. To the country, you know cherry pick examples. You know cherry pick the government. That, that is what happened. The government cherry picked exactly. twelve hours of footage. The audience was two hundred hours of footage. Cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police, people Mr. letting them in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being charged. Look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge Mr. you for it. That's wrong. I don't want to have That's to wrong. I mean, to the left I don't, right. don't want to have to. Like, that was a master's class of how to push back against media propaganda. You'll notice you didn't let him talk. It's unbelievably frustrating to watch, but it's, it, I'm so glad that Vivek brought up what happened in Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer, because that's important. She went out there in the media, in the lead up to the 2020 election and relentlessly pushed this hoax that she was kidnapped by a bunch of Trumpers and, and they had tried to assassinate her or hold her for ransom or whatever. Turns out it was all a setup by the FBI. These, every single person that was arrested for that was acquitted. And Vivek said, oh, one of the jurors walked up and gave him a hug and said they were so sorry. That, that is the FBI trying to entrap civilians, people, American citizens, trying to get them to commit a crime and then charge them for those crimes. That kind of stuff happened. First of all, that happens all the time in this country. That happened on January 6th. No doubt about that. And, and moreover, when, these when all of these charges in Michigan were dismissed, no one in the media talked about it ever again. So they used it, this hoax, to attack Trump in the lead up to 2020 when all three of these people were thankfully acquitted. They never talked about it again. And speaking of the government being weaponized against the American people, the National Defense Authorization Act uh, passed the U.S. House of Representatives today uh, with bipartisan support. And I've said multiple times on this show of Mike Johnson withdrawing the FISA 702, which gives the FBI basically unlimited authority to surveil Americans without a warrant. It was something that was passed as part of the Patriot Act. It's terrible for this country. It has paved the way for some of these abuses that our intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies have committed against the American people here. And uh, that was passed 
uh, a section, uh, FISA 702, Section 702 gets a clean four-month renewal, and the FBI can continue surveilling Americans without a warrant. That, to me, represents a remarkable loss by Speaker Johnson. It, it's very, very upsetting uh, to me that this was allowed to pass because yesterday I reported to you all that he that that he removed those provisions from the bill where they got inserted back in and passed. They tried to pass it on the down low, but people wasted no time in exposing the corruption. But not only did the National Defense Authorization uh, uh, renew uh, section section seven hundred two of FISA, um, it authorized an, addic- an additional six hundred million dollars for Ukraine, and add to that the two hundred million that Biden did via executive order by deducting it from the Department of Defense budget. That's eight hundred million for Ukraine just over the last couple of days of American taxpayer dollars. This is this is just unbelievable corruption at the highest level. And people like Steve Bannon, who are who are completely in sync with the Republican base. Uh, went nuclear on his show today and he should have because this is a bill that makes our country look this is a bill that that is that is helping to destroy this country this is a bill uh and the that FISA section 702 and say it's a bill but the, the FISA section 702 has has led to where we are today it it hurts every single american whether people realize it or not it's it really has led to the degradation of this country and this and and is given birth to the modern day surveillance state and we had hoped for a long time that speaker johnson would not not allow this to be in the national defense authorization act but he did steve bannon weighed in and he did not hold back and i'm glad he didn't check this out the nda just passed it just passed. This is Mike Johnson. And don't tell me you're a Christian. I don't want to hear you're a Christian. Don't wear your faith. Don't give me the Bible. I don't hear more Bible verse. When you've allowed the transgender, you've allowed all that garbage, all that tra- demonic trash throughout the defense budget that you wonder why you wonder why you can't get you wonder why you can't get uh, that you can't get uh, kids, you know, red blooded American boys and girls to get into the military. With what you've done in this neo-Marxism and this cultural rot that now you have taxpayers paying for in almost a trillion dollars, and you allowed this to happen, when the commitment, the commitment, if you can't get the majority, the majority doesn't go to the floor of the hazard rule. But you waive that to get this there because you're playing footsie with Mitch McConnell, Schumer, and you're just as bad as the bun guys because you should know better. So I don't need to hear any more biblical review, okay? I saw in action... He's exactly right. I mean, look, I've said many times in this show that the weaponization of our federal government against conservatives, it's the greatest threat that we face here presently. Nothing else even comes close. Well, the Republicans, along with Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, just paved the way for it to happen more. You know, they, they when he was talking about all this demonic stuff in our military, Steve Bannon's talking about, you know, drag, drag queen story hour on military institution, drag shows and uniform members of our military dressing up as drag queens on social media and trying to recruit other drag. Queens. I mean, we funded all of this stuff. We just funded the massive surveillance state that we all talk about every single day. It's completely, completely, even though it's a four-month extension, it's completely inexcusable. 
This is something that our base reviles. It's something that every American should revile. You know, our liberties, once given up, tough to get them back. And we're seeing that play out in the U.S. House of Representatives with uh, the Section 702 of FISA. Again, that's that's warrantless surveillance on American citizens basically gives the government and the FBI and our intelligence agencies free reign to spy on you. Could not be more wrong. Republicans, they control the U.S. House of Representatives. But what the hell is going on? I mean, they've got to do better. They just have to do better. Um, I want to get quickly to I want to talk quickly about Harvard. Uh, they obviously they retain the president there for excusing genocide. We talked about that a little bit on the show. Uh, but the NAACP uh, leader came out and called any criticism of Harvard president Claudine Gay part of a white supremacist agenda. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, but you could almost, I mean, these people are so predictable now. Like, basically everything is racism, everything's misogyny, ev- everything is xenophobic. I mean, that's what they use to attack criticism. But there's this article on on Outkick, which is a, a great conservative sports uh, site. Uh, the president of the National Association of Advancement for Colored People, the NAACP, says any criticism of gay is rooted in racism. So it's this woman, Claudine Gay, testified in front of Congress and excused genocide and said that that was basically part of freedom of speech. And, of course, the NAACP comes out, defends her. And says the attacks on gays leadership are nothing more than political theatrics advancing a white supremacist agenda. Enough is enough, he wrote on X. Well, of course, that's that's ridiculous for a lot of different reasons. I mean, these endowments in these universities. Here's here's the crazy thing. Uh, The endowments at these Ivy League institutions, say at Penn and Harvard and MIT, have a combined $95 billion in assets, yet only pay a 1.4% tax rate on net investment income. Let me say that again. The endowments at Penn, Harvard, and MIT have a combined $95 billion in assets, yet they only pay a 1.4% tax rate on net investment income. They use these funds to 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 shape young minds fill their heads with propaganda essentially make them like their they their minds become terrorist proving grounds for god's sake and 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 they fund this diversity equity and inclusion insanity and they push this woke bullshit on all of us and then we have a whole generation of our kids who are graduating from these universities working in corporate america and running for office that continue to push this bullshit on all of us when jd vance was on the um on the senate floor today he's he's a republican senator from ohio i love this guy he's he's a buddy of mine as well we were running in the same election cycle um but he just introduced a bill on the Senate floor today. Uh, he was trying to get it passed through unanimous consent that would tax the largest endowments at 35%. Um, he spoke about it on the Senate floor today. Uh, <laughs> guess who objected to it? You guessed it, a Democrat. Check out, check out J.D. Vance on the Senate floor. It's unfair, and I think we ought to fix it in the chamber. Now, my, my friends on the other side will often talk about how the wealthy don't pay their fair share in taxes. If the wealthy don't pay their fair share in taxes, there is no institution in this country that is a bigger offender than these massive endowments that pay almost nothing. So as if in legislative session, I ask unanimous consent that the Senate proceed to the immediate consideration of S3514, which is at the desk. 
I further ask that the bill be considered read a third time and passed, and that the motion to reconsider be considered, made, and laid upon the table. Is there objection? Preserving the right to object. The senator from Oregon. Mr. President, we hear often about this matter of taxing college endowments, that somehow this is going to address college affordability, make the tax code, you know, more fair. And I'm the chairman of the Senate uh, Finance Committee, and I gather that my colleague has just introduced this legislation, maybe as recently as today, and uh, I think it's appropriate that before we start making tax policy on the floor of the United States Senate, we have a chance to actually have uh, the Senate look at some of the details. For example, uh, if we're going to talk about tax fairness, I'll just say to the senator from Ohio, I welcome that. I'm the author of the bill to say that billionaires who now, under the current tax code, can go for years and years paying little or no taxes, I'm the author of the proposal that would change it. All you got to do is change three words, by borrowing Yeah, I mean, look, J.D. Vance is, is, is spot on here. There's no reason that these Ivy League institutions that have billions and billions of dollars of endowments should pay a lower tax rate than Americans who are struggling to put food on the table for their family every day. And not just that, these these institutions, as J.D. Vance calls them, and I think it's a, it's appropriate, that these are basically just like massive hedge funds with buildings that are used to indoctrinate our youth. There's no reason why these, these Ivy League universities should not pay taxes, at least 35% on these endowments. And the reality is, is that the left always trots out Oh, these these millionaires and billionaires need to pay their fair share. But look, isn't it interesting that a Democrat on the U.S. Senate was the first to object? His name is Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon. Was the first to object at any mention of taxing the billions of dollars of endowments at these institutions. And the reason for that is, is because these institutions. <laughs> They serve the Democrats well. They parrot their propaganda. They shape young minds. And in doing so, it helps Democrats at the ballot box. So they only care about taxing billionaires that don't agree with them, I would argue. Um, but I got to, okay, I got to talk about this. We're coming up towards the end of the show here. And if I got to go over a little bit, I got to go over. But um, did you all see Jill Biden's? <laughs> reveal of the White House Christmas decoration. Like, I I was blown away by this. I, it never ceases to amaze me. I'm not trying to bag on her. I'm not. Like, I get it. I Maybe she's trying to be artistic. I don't know. Uh, it clearly, just to me, it's like, I, I watched it and I think, why are liberals just so freaking weird? Uh, go ahead. We've got this, this video, uh, Brock. Let's go ahead and roll it. Okay, weird, right? Weird. Okay, stop it there. Who oh, well, who is that dude with the flower on his head? And how the hell does that guy have anything to do? <laughs> how does that guy have anything to do with Christmas? Okay, just, just keep going. See the guy with the flower on his head right over there? Uh, total freaking weirdo. Like, look at that guy. How does this have anything to do? Okay, there's a chick. 
with a suit with a bunny mask on. I mean, look at this. Looks like a bald woman there. Were it not for the Christmas decorations in the back of this video, how does this have anything to do with Christmas? The member of the Port Authority there. Brock said that, the, look at all the trees are white. They, they're clearly enjoying white privilege. A shrewd observation indeed, Brock. There's the flower dude again. I, folks, let me know in the live chat. Seriously, let me know in the live chat. Am I the only one that thinks this is insanely weird? It looks like some messed up version of the village people. Again, what does it have to do with Christmas? Okay, let me just say this real, real quick as these idiots are dancing around here. The White House... They used to have a, a cocaine problem. They've clearly moved acid here, right? Like, this is the trippiest thing. I've, this is so weird. So weird. Absolutely weird. Okay, I think we get the gist. We can go ahead and stop it. Um, it's, just, it's just kind of unbelievable to me uh, that, that the Democrats seem to take everything that's good in this country and twist it in weird ways. That's just weird. I mean, it looked like it was some celebration in the capital of the Hunger Games. Uh, but what's really interesting about this is that the Democrats do things in a very, very deliberate way. Um, this this group that I showed you there that with that weird, creepy um, dancing stuff that had nothing to do with Christmas, it's called it's a group called Doris Dance. And this guy named Jeremy Carl on X had a whole thread about Doris Dance. I'm going to go through it with you. It's the dance company. He writes, it's a dance company that produced the Hunger Games vibe video that Jill Biden shared with the world. Did you think that Sweet Summer Child, that this group was featured by chance? Dora, Dorrance has a race, radical, anti-white, racist, anti-police politics. So check this out. Um, they feature petitions on their site to, among other things, defund the police and stop ICE from, quote, poisoning immigrants and a variety of other far-left causes. It gets worse, believe me. Of course, they also support prison abolition, Black Lives Matter, and a National Lawyers Guild whose members were so deeply aligned with the Communist Party during the Cold War that the NLG was credibly accused of being a communist front group. Michelle Dorrance, Dorrance Dance's radical white founder, touts never-ending struggle against systemic racism and white supremacy, discusses her passion for quote, revolutionary thought and how deeply embedded white supremacy, racism and colonialism is in our culture. It gets worse. What does this mean in practice? Well, the site prominently features a quote from Angela Davis, former Communist Party vice presidential nominee and longtime radical left wing activist and academic. Oh, and Davis spent some time on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. It gets worse. 
Turns out Davis was good buddies with the Soledad brothers who took control of a courtroom and killed Judge Harold Haley using weapons purchased by Davis just two days before. She was, quote, acquitted by a left-wing Bay Area jury and resumed her activist career. So keep in mind, Jeremy Carl writes, for the left, there are no coincidences. It's always about how they can radically transform the world. That's how the Biden regime celebrates Christmas. I could not agree with him more. Everything the left does, it's not about Christmas. They don't give a damn about that stuff. Their religion, their faith, their higher power are their politics. That's it. That's what they worship. They're like Terminator robots. They don't sleep. They don't take time off. Everything that they use, that they see every holiday, every cultural moment, the Constitution itself is, is something to be transformed, twisted, and shaped to fit their perverse view of the world. I, for one, miss the days of the Trump White House. I, for one, miss what is clearly a more traditional approach to Christmas. And I'll tell you this about Melania Trump. Um, Melania Trump was not treated fairly in the White House. I mean, she was attacked relentlessly as a first lady. And, and to me, it was disgusting. I mean, I think that she's stunning. I think that Commander Melanie, who's watching this right now, would agree that, she, that she's elegant and classy. She represented the White House well. Uh, now, I want you to keep in mind that abomination of you just saw, by the way, like it had nothing to do with Christmas. Right. And I want you to watch uh, a couple of videos on what the life was like under President Trump in the White House and how they celebrated Christmas. Go ahead and roll the tape. That was pretty awesome. 2019, 2017 as well. Go ahead and check check out the White House in 2017.
if you remember, Melania Trump was attacked for that. And you'll notice several things in in Melania Trump's in her decorations. I mean, there was the American flag. There was red, white, and blue. There were symbols that actually represented the holiday of Christmas, like fireplaces and Christmas cookies and wreaths with bows. And, you know, I, I mean, there was even a, 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 you know, statues of little, little miniature statues of baby Jesus and the manger, the real reason for the season. And I love that the Trumps didn't shy away from that. And, you know, I'll end the show today by saying that if that's the, if that vision of America and traditional view of Christmas and traditional view of this country means something to you, then we have to protect it just as passionately as the way that the left protects and looks after their fundamental, their, their, their vision to fundamentally transform this country. We make the point that everything the left does is deliberate and with nefarious intent. They are brazen, brazen liars. If our media was honest, they would never win elections. They are that out of step with the American people. Uh, And the only reason that they enjoy any sort of success is because our media is disgusting and gross and covers for them. But they believe in, in what they do with religious levels of fervor. They are zealots in every way and in hell bent on destroying this country. And destroying an America that is free and prosperous and wealthy. If we're to save it, we have to be just as passionate. We, we can't stop. We have to fight back with just as much passion. So I'll leave you with that. Um, but thank you all for watching. And, and, and hey, you know, we got new people coming to this show every single day. Had lots of new subscribers today. Um, you know, it was on Ed Henry's show called Wake Up Patriots for almost a full hour. Go over and check it out. Ed Henry's a great guy, and his show is actually really good. Had a great conversation there. Uh, Congressman Eli Crane was on with me. Um, go check out that interview. He's on Rumble as well. Um, but lots of great new subscribers today. Uh, make sure you like and Rumble if you made it through. We've got almost 500 people watching. We're getting so close to getting 500 viewers, uh, live viewers, which is pretty amazing. Uh, I'd love to try to hit that before the end of the year. So if you can help me with that, get family and friends to get on here to get the viewers up over 500, that would be amazing. That's no small feat for a show that's only a couple months old. Um, Make sure you like this video. Hit that little green thumb. It matters a lot. It matters to Rumble. It helps this show. Tell your family, tell your friends to subscribe to Battleground Live. This is a show that is and will always be for you. Uh, go to officialshawnparnell.com for your official Battleground Apparel Company uh, shirts, T-shirts, merchandise. Um, it's a clothing company. Uh, that I design all the clothes, but it's a clothing company run by Commander Melanie and I, buying four Americans. Um, if you believe that this country is is exceptional, then uh, this clothing is for you. Uh, so I'm wearing a Never Quit, Never Surrender shirt um, that's on that site right now. Uh, so go check out Official Sean Parnell for all your official Battleground Apparel merchandise. All my books are also on there as well. Outlaw Platoon and the four fiction books that, I, that I've written, military political thrillers are on there as well. Um, and, and more than that, uh, thank you all for watching. I mean, I, you've been on a one hell of a, a journey with me in these past couple months, and I've loved having this time with you. I've loved having you with me every step of the way. Uh, we will see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We've got a hell of a show for you planned. Uh, <laughs> planned tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Be there. Be square. Uh, God bless you all. God bless this great, amazing, exceptional country that we live in. Good night. Good night.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.